This is the Millionaire Real Estate Podcast, where you'll learn the strategies and tactics you need to become a millionaire agent. Learn from top agents, brokers, team leaders, and experts in the industry who can help you on the path to success. And now, here's today's episode. Welcome, everyone. I am so excited that you're with us. One of my favorite people um, is going to be on the call today. His name is Chad Goldwasser, and he has a company called Pure Gold Realty. He also has a real estate team. And so we are so excited today. We have a lot of questions, and we're going to talk about if you want to build a team, should we stay as an individual, pros and cons, and so much more. So, Chad, welcome. Hey, thank you. Good to see you again. Great to see you. So let's start with that. Like, let's say someone's on the call right now and they're an individual and they're thinking, you know, I'm kind of getting tired of doing all the buyers and all the sellers by myself. Yeah. Is it time for me to to do a team? And let's just kind of brainstorm some of the pros and cons and some of the things that you've experienced of whether someone really just wants to stay an individual or, or become a team. Yeah. Well, um, I think the number one thing is, is do you have enough leads coming in? Do you have enough business coming in personally to be able to support a team? And the first thing that, uh, you know, in Gary Keller's book, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent, he says is you have to first start taking away all of the non-dollar producing activities from yourself, putting signs in yards, uh, sending out and emailing listing agreements, things of that nature. Um, you really have to offload all of the paperwork, all of the administrative duties to an assistant. So if you're thinking about starting a team, um, the first place to start is getting someone to handle all that you know, transaction management type stuff so that you can focus on lead generation. You want to be a lead generation machine driving leads to yourself and then uh, eventually to the agents that you're hiring um, to bring them in. Yeah, I think that's so good. So let's talk about team members being held accountable without yeah. micromanaging them. Like what kind of systems do you think that someone should have in place if they say, hey, we want a team, we've got extra people. You know, one of the biggest things that people leave teams is because they're like, I just feel like whoever the team leader was is just micromanaging me to death. I don't want to be held that accountable. And then on the other side of things, the team leader is like, I'm spending all this money on leads. They're literally just, they don't care. And they're just wasting these leads and they're not holding people accountable. So yeah. talk about it from both sides. So um, accountability is one of the tough, um, one of the tough things because you have to be a manager um, but you also have to be a leader. Um, you have to motivate and inspire your team members to be able to get back with leads as quickly as possible because um, the number one job of a real estate agent is lead generation. Gary Keller told me that every day you wake up and you think about lead generation. So when your team leader, Rainmaker, is generating those leads and then he hands them off to a buyer or a listing agent and they're not following up with them, um, he's losing money. And so you have to make sure that any lead that's going out is being followed up with 
consistently because a typical traditional average real estate agent um, will not be able to, um, traditional average real estate agent is not going to follow up on a lead more than once or twice. They're going to call. Um, if they don't get someone on the line, maybe they leave a message. That person doesn't call them back and then they're done with it. Um, so you need to make sure that you are keeping track of those leads somehow within a uh, CRM system where you can talk to the agent, sit them down on a weekly basis, uh, have a, you know, a, uh, a meeting with them to discuss, Hey, where's this lead at? Where's this lead at? Or do you have appointments with them? And, um, what is their situation? When do you believe you're going to be able to close this transaction? Or is it a, a viable thought process to think that they're going to close? Maybe they're, you know, maybe they're just, looking because they live in the neighborhood. So, um, you know, weekly meetings, uh, weekly team meetings. Um, again, you want to motivate and inspire people, but you also want to hold them accountable to make sure that they are following up with every single lead that you're giving them because you are spending time, energy, and money to generate those leads. So um, does that answer your question pretty good or? Yeah, I think that's good. You know, I've heard of different teams doing a weekly meeting, and I think that is kind of standard. But then also, I've heard of a lot of teams doing kind of like an eight minute or a 10 minute stand up. Yeah, daily huddle. A daily huddle. And, you know, you can do it on Zoom. Everyone checks in the same time. Have you done that or heard of other teams doing that? Talk to me about that. Absolutely. Um, I personally don't do that uh, every single day, um, but I think that's uh, incredibly, it's such a good idea because you get everyone together, you get to see them face to face or on Zoom, um, where you're actually looking at them, talking to them, um, helping them to get motivated for the day and inspired to get on the phones, inspired to follow up with those leads that you have given them. Also, you know where you're at. And um, one of the keys you need to know as a team leader is what are your numbers? What what kind of deals do you have coming in? How can you help the agent maybe to utilize a script or a dialogue that will move someone forward in the process? Um, so yeah, I think just you know a quick, quick meeting in the morning is a great idea and um, will help your team to grow and to stay motivated to to get to where they want to go to because you know, the bottom line is, is they want to make money. And now a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Kanzel Realty. One of the other things we give you is revenue share where you get five levels of money in your downline every time you attract an agent to the company. And guess what? The first three levels open up right away. So let's pretend like you're not a great recruiter, but you bring on a couple people who are heavy hitters. Guess what? You don't have to hire five or 10 agents to open up those tiers. You automatically get those. So that's what makes us very different. This is Kanzel. I think that one of the things that's important is to encourage the, even the team members of looking at the accountability as a great thing. Like I go to a personal trainer five days a week. Now it's not one-on-one -on -one personal training, but it's a group of four of us. So it costs me like $15 because we divide it up, you know, between four people. So it's only 15 bucks. Accountability. So 
Yeah. And it's just that accountability. It's like, do I know what to do at the gym? Absolutely. I've been working out for a long time. I don't need anyone to tell me what to do, but I like it. I like going to the gym and having that person be like, now you're doing this. Now we're doing this and embracing that and going, you know what? I'm not looking at this accountability as a bad thing, but I'm actually, I'm loving it. Like I'm actually paying um, to doing it. Yeah. So one of the things Anthony Lamaki and I had a call about a year or two ago, and I, we were talking about buyer conversion and seller conversion. Yeah. And he said to me, he's like, you know, we just did a new thing. We used to have our inside sales department answer every buyer lead and every seller lead. And we were realizing that the buyer conversion actually fell off when we did, gave it to an ISA. And he's like, what we changed to do is we said, listen, if it's a seller, the seller's like, great. When can we see your house tomorrow at two o'clock? They'll make an appointment. They'll hold it. But the buyer's agent really did better when they actually spoke to an actual agent and it didn't go through an ISA. And so we kind of talked about the pros and cons of those. What is your opinion on that? Well, um, you're handing them off. And uh, so once you have them on the phone, once you have a lead on the phone, um, you know, when the inside salesperson converts them, maybe puts together a lead sheet, you know, we have uh, buyer lead sheets and seller lead sheets for every single uh, person that calls in to get all the information from them. But when you're handing them off again, you know, they call in or the inside salesperson calls them, um, gets them on the line and then maybe sets an appointment, but then they're like, Hey, I'm going to have my, uh, buyer agent, my listing agent come back to you. Um, then, you know, there's the chance that it falls off and you don't get back in touch with that person. Um, and the key is to keep them excited and motivated to move forward with your team and your agent. So, um, I think, you know, handing them off is, is a little tougher than if the buyer agent answers the phone, talks to them directly, builds the relationship, creates the connection, and then, um, you know, goes to meet them. Yeah. So right now, I think more than ever, you know, you know, people talk about, you know, big, hairy, audacious goals and setting big goals and setting things that are way far away. And I think that because, real estate agents right now have literally been so beat up. Like, I feel like this has been a very beat up time for everyone in general, but also for real estate agents. And I've kind of been talking about creating small wins, like instead of this big, hairy, audacious goal, like let's create small goals for ourselves and, and make them stretch so that you're stretching yourself, but we need to make them where you can actually win you know, because daily, if you're, if it's constantly, you're losing, you're losing, you're losing, you're losing. It's, it then makes you kind of in that defeated mode and that's not healthy for anyone. So talk a little bit about what kind of goals that if you were going to give, let's pretend everyone here was on your team and you're the team leader and you are now, okay, we're going to make like a week goal, what, what would be some things you would tell them, let's try to achieve this, 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 and this so that they feel like they can win. Yeah. 
personal notes, calls, um, mindset exercises, daily. Like, what are your daily goals? So I set the big, hairy, audacious goal for the year, and then I set my daily goals. I accomplish my biggest dreams by working daily on my littlest goals. That is my affirmation. So, um, you know, I am calling 40 people in my sphere of influence per week. I am writing 10 personal notes per week. I am going on three SOI lunches per week. Um, I create the small goals to accomplish the big dream because uh, even for me right now, like I need to be on the phones, making calls, generating leads for myself, for my team um, and having those little wins like, okay, well, I didn't close a deal today, but I made 20 calls and that will lead to a closing next week. Um, that will lead to a closing next month that will keep the pipeline full. So we, we create, like I said, those little goals to accomplish the big dream. Um, and then daily, you're going to feel an accomplishment. And it's that compounding effect where, you know, you're literally, you know, you're making calls on a daily basis and that creates your pipeline uh, and that creates a steady, consistent business with a flow of revenue that'll help you to stay in the business and stay motivated to do it again. So if you were going to tell your team members, okay, here's a prox, because I see people all the time, they're like, yeah, I made five calls and didn't get anywhere. And it's like, right. So yeah. how many calls are you saying, listen, here's your goal for the day that they feel like anyone really can make this many calls for the day and kind of walk them through exactly what they would say to, to have a win for the day. Yeah. So um, I got on the phones yesterday. Um, my goal was to make at least 15 calls uh, to my sphere of influence. Um, so that's a win for me. You know, do you know how many agents actually make 10 to 15 calls a day? Yeah, not, probably some to none. Yeah, not many at all, because it's the hardest thing to pick up this phone and to make a call, whether it's to your sphere of influence, whether it's prospecting around an open house, uh, whether it's prospecting around a just listed, just sold something of that nature. Those are hard calls. People are challenged to pick up their phone. And so you have to get over that in your mind. And it's, it's hard for me. I've been doing this for 26 years at a high level. And it's still hard for me to pick up the phone and make those calls consistently. But if someone can make, you know, anywhere between five to 15 calls per day, five days a week, they're going to be winning and they're going to have a consistent flow of revenue in their business and a consistent flow of closings. I believe that that's my belief. Cause that's, that's, you know, that's, 50 calls a week. And I, I think that number's low, but I like it because it's so low that you're like, that's a win. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, you can win there. So I like that because if, if someone says, okay, you got to make 80 calls today, or you got to make that's a lot, calls, it's just so overwhelming that you're like, F it, I'm not doing it. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what you're going to say when you're on the phone to leads. And first, let me say this. This is one thing that I feel like I have to remind people all the time is that the, the studies have been shown that 
eight months from the time that a lead comes in, that eight months is when they are going to close. So really following up with leads that are between, you know, five to seven months old is great. And what happens is everyone always wants that brand new lead, the brand new lead, brand new lead. Well, the studies are already out. That lead from the time it comes in, the chance of it closing is not till eight months later. Let's say someone's got a bunch of leads in their pipeline from before, from Zillow or from online leads. And what kind of systems can they set up to go, I've got to go back and do the seven month old or the five month old leads. What kind of systems and processes can they set up for that? Yeah, well, um, it depends on what sort of uh, customer relationship management software they have. But, um, you know, I keep a book of all my leads. It's very old school. It's paper leads. Um, They're on my lead sheets. And I'm just consistently going through that every single day to say, hey, uh, who do I need to call? Um, when did they originally come in? What is their goal? When are they looking to buy? And I just consistently call them to remind them, um, to remind them, Hey, I am here for you, whatever you need. And the call is very simple. Um, you know, and also to my sphere of influence, it's very simple. It's just straightforward. Hey, how can I help you today? Um, where are you at in the process? Do you see what's happening in the market? I'm going to give them a market update. I'm going to keep them in the loop as to how many active listings there are on the market, how many homes are available in the areas they're looking to buy in. Um, and I'm going to consistently follow up with them and touch them and let them know, hey, I'm still here. I'm available because if you're not doing that, they're probably talking to other agents and you're going to lose the deal. One of the things we've found that I've heard agents is that, you know, funny gifts, you know, that have like dancing things or like, they're like, call me or whatever. They're just super, super funny. A lot of our agents are having huge success. So if you're like, I don't want to talk on the phone, you know, people are responding to these really funny gifts. So Heather has a few questions. So I'm going to let her, she's got a bunch of questions for you. I'm going to let her ask a few right now. Heather, you're up. Yeah. So a lot of people are thinking, okay, so if they're taking the first step in creating a team, they're, they're trying to decide, okay, so how do I know if I only need like two people on my team? If I need 10 people on my team, like when would I want like a hundred people on my team? What do you say to that? Uh, It is all about how many leads you have coming in. And the first one you want to hire, like I said before, is an admin um, to take away the paperwork, to take away the transaction management. And then you're just specifically focused on lead generation. How do I grow? Um, I have the lead generation wheel, which I um, have shared on this program before, but where in each category where I'm generating business, I want to make sure I'm maximizing that area once I'm maximizing that area personally, then I can bring on an agent, then I can hand off my buyer leads, um, then I focus more on getting more listings, then I market around those listings, then I generate more leads, then I, then I can hire other agents and then I can grow from there. Um, I think that's the, you know, the biggest indicator is um, how many leads do you have coming in? And speaking of admin, so with the admin, how do you decide how you're going to pay them? Because some people will pay an admin like an hourly rate. They put them on salary. Some of them, if they're licensed, they'll pay them per transaction. How yeah. should they decide, like, how do they pay their admin? 
Yeah, I pay per transaction. I have a transaction manager. Um, she handles all of the contract to close. She handles all of the listing paperwork. Um, and then I pay her a per deal amount. And then it's anywhere from, you know, uh, I think for a buyer closing, it's 350 for a listing all the way from listing to closing, it's 450. Um, I'm considering hiring a uh, personal assistant to handle all my email, everything. Um, that person I'm going to have on a salary and it'll depend on how good she is and how well that person he or she works. And then um, from there, they have the opportunity to grow. I can pay them bonuses based on how much they're taking off me that allows me to create more revenue. Um, so it's really up to the, the agent personally. Hey, how do, I, how do I pay this person and how much and what makes sense based and on your when, revenue? Based, and that's perfect. So based on your revenue. So first, you're going to get an assistant. They're going to help with either transaction coordination or something like that. And then how do you decide what percentage of your revenue do you actually spend on leads to put back in your business? So how do, when someone's saying, okay, I'm just getting started, should I spend $500? Should I spend a thousand? Should I spend 3000? How do they decide how much? How much do they have coming in? Lead with revenue. Gary Keller always says, lead with revenue. How much money am I bringing in? Um, and then how much should I spend? There are a lot of free ways to generate leads. Social media, open houses, calling your sphere of influence, prospecting around a listing. There's a lot of free ways to generate leads. So before you go spending a bunch of money on Zillow leads, on you know any of the type of pay-per-click stuff, make sure you're maximizing, maximizing the amount of um leads you're generating from free sources. That's that's really, you know, how I determine what am I going to spend to drive more leads to my business. Yeah. And I think it's it's interesting, you know, when you talk about how much to spend on leads, I, right now, I mean Zillow and realtor.com are like off the charts expensive on cost yes. per lead. I think they called us like last week and Zillow basically wants like $500 a lead is basically what their cost that's is insane. It's insane. So I love that you talk about there are free lead generating resources. And I think people forget about just using their personal sphere and their everyday activities to generate leads. And just, you know, we everything's at the click. Like you can do everything with this phone right now and it, you can yeah. document your life on it and people are watching and it's yeah. a great place to generate leads. Yeah. Yep. Facebook, Instagram, stories, posts, calls to your sphere of influence, personal notes, taking people out to lunch, um, I take people to concerts, networking, um, all of those different areas. You can generate leads for free. And I always tell my agents, like, everyone you know needs to know you are in real estate. That is the key. I am a shameless self-promoter. I promote myself to every person I meet by the end of the conversation. They know I'm in real estate. Yes. Okay. So this is one thing that I love and I want us to kind of talk about for a minute is a lot of times when people say, okay, I'm going to create a team. What they do is they get a couple of buddies in their office that they're friends with. And they're like, we're going to join and make a team together. So what is your thoughts on that? How do you make teams with friends work? Is it a good idea or, cause they'll say, well, we're just going to put all of our business together and split it. You know, we'll just, yeah. you bring your leads in, oh, bring our leads. We're going to be a team and split it all 50, 50. What is your thoughts on that? That's tough because if you start, if you're bringing in 10 deals and this guy's bringing in three deals and all of a sudden you're having to split your money with them, you're going to get resentful. That's going to cause a challenge. And, um, you know, then you're going to end up 
not being friends anymore. So, um, you know, I, I, I get it. Um, you know, it's good to motivate yourself, but if that person is not producing at the level you are, you're going to get resentful. Uh, you're going to get upset that you're seeing the money that you're generating going out to that person. Um, and that's, you know, that's tough. Yeah. And I think, and, and we do see that a lot. And I think that it's important that also, if you are going to do something like that, everyone has specific tasks that they agree on, because when it's just like, we're going to put everything in together and just split it 50, 50, it, it usually does not end very well. No. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want that. You don't want that with clients. You don't want that with your friends. You don't that want that with your team. Yes. Um, now husband and wife teams, this is always an interesting yeah. concept, <laughs> how they work together without like killing each other. Some husband and wife teams are getting it, divorced. They're very successful. Exactly. Um, but some say, you know, like I'll give you the perfect example. Chantel and her husband do not work together. And they made that decision. They run, they, it is. And so it, it works best for them, but we do see some husband and wife teams work very well together. Yeah. Um, for ones that you've seen that work well together, what do you think that secret is for them? Uh, delegating the different tasks. You have the lead generator, you have the back office person. You know, my um, wife was the chief operating officer of my company. Um, and she is, you know, um, she's awesome at what she does. I stick to my lane. I lead generate. I lead the team. I motivate, inspire, and I get out there and I do the work and I become the best at what I do. And they handle all of uh, she or the, you know, your wife, your partner, whatever, handles all the operations of the company. So you can do what you're best at, which is leading and being a lead generation machine. Yes, yes. Kevin, stay in your lane. I like that. That's right. Yeah, that's important. I think knowing what your strengths are and then working towards them and, and letting everyone lead with what they are. Yeah. What would you say is your number one non- your number one freely generating source. So when you're posting on Facebook or Instagram stories or your team is, what are they seeing the best results with? Um, Instagram and Facebook are not my biggest source of leads. My biggest source of leads is getting on the phones and calling people that I know that I've helped buy and sell real estate, my friends, people that I meet, network with. Um, that's my biggest source of leads. And so um, like today, when we get off this call, I'm going to get on the phones. I'm going to start calling my sphere of influence. Um, I'm going to ask them for business every single time. How's the house? How's the kids? How's the family? How's work? Um, do you know of anyone looking to buy or sell real estate? Here's what's going on in the real estate market. Um, you know, that's my biggest source of leads. So, um, but on Instagram and Facebook, you know, it's all about, you know, stories, going into houses, showing your listing, showing people you're busy, showing people you're working hard in the real estate business and that you are knowledgeable and great at what you do. And one thing you're really good at, um, Chad, is client appreciation. Yeah. Um, that's really where you get a lot of your business from is your client, your referrals from client appreciation. Talk just a little bit about that. Uh, well, I have um, my rock and restock client appreciation party that I'm doing for 20 years, bringing people together. They all have one thing in common. I help them buy and sell real estate. It's a concert. Um, they pay for tickets and then they give uh, and then we give the money that is bought uh, that all the tickets were paid for um, to be able to um, 
give back to the community, give to the Central Texas Food Bank. So that's one way, um, you know, taking people to concerts. If, uh, if Dave Matthews is coming to town, I don't buy two tickets, I buy 10 tickets. And then I call my clients and I bring them to the show and I show them, hey, I love you, I appreciate you. And, um, and then they think about you when they hear of someone looking to buy or sell a home. Yeah. And you do a really, really great job with because you not only are appreciating your clients, but you're giving back to your community. And that's really what people want to see. Um, and so I think that's important for people to see is just um, using your current client client base, showing them that you appreciate them. They're going to give you referral business back and they're going to remember okay. you as a friend. Um, all right. We are almost out of time. What are your parting words to everyone, Chad? My parting words, uh, stay focused, get your mindset right, get on the phones, don't wait till tomorrow, uh, you know, build your, build your life, um, you know, in a positive way, you will attract people with your energy and your attitude and your mindset and your ability to get things done and your knowledge of the market. So parting words, go do it. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a rating and a review so we can get this out to more agents. And tune in next week for another power-packed episode. This is the Millionaire Real Estate Podcast.